us more. It's about time because we're going there. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Bianca Wattis Oltoff, and I am your host of We're Going There. Yes, I know I started this season with saying that I was your host, your friend and host, but it didn't really catch on. You guys didn't tell me if you liked that name, but I'm just going to make it a thing. You know that scene in Mean Girls where Gretchen tried making the word fetch be a thing and Regina George said, stop saying fetch. Fetch is never going to be a thing. I feel like you guys are going to be like Regina George if you don't like my word Faust. So I'm just going to continue to say Faust. I am your Faust. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited that you're here. Listen, today on the podcast, I get to interview an amazing, amazing, talented, articulate, beautiful, smart, witty, funny, grandma, mother, wife. I mean, Lisa Bevere, in addition to all those things, is also a New York Times bestselling author. But more than her wisdom and insight and revelation that she's going to bring to the podcast, one of the things that I love about Lisa is that she loves so deeply. I mean, there's certain people that, understandably so, they have high levels of boundaries and they're very hard to come close to. Lisa Bevere is not one of those women. And no, she's not just uber kind to me because I've known her for a number of years. She's uber kind to everyone. I don't think that there's a wall that Lisa wouldn't be a friend with, okay? I love that a lot of what she writes is coming out of a place that she's lived through. I read most recently her 90-day devotional, Fiercely Loved. And what I love is that Lisa helps us discover the beautiful truth about what God thinks about us as individuals. God doesn't just tolerate me. No, God loves me and He wants to know me. And His thoughts towards me are good and important. And I love that Lisa writes about that because that's actually how Lisa lives her life. I remember meeting Lisa a couple of years ago and it was at a speaking event. Lisa had no clue who I was, but she knew that I was a speaker there and she went out of her way to pull up a seat, to make room for me in a conversation and never made me feel on the outside. The reason why I will continue to read her books and desire to be her friend and in relationship with her is that she's not writing out of a place of vanity. She's not writing out of a place of emptiness. She's writing out of a place of great need. And she could speak to our human needs because she's lived through them. In addition to this, this is a special memory that I absolutely love. But Lisa and her husband, John, have an international ministry entitled Messenger International. And they put together resources for free for the underground church and Christians around the world. Well, when we were starting the Father's House Orange County, the church that my husband and I have been leading for over three years, we reached out to a couple people to kind of cast vision about what we were going to do for the church and how we were going to build it. Lisa and her husband, John, were one of the very first people that wrote a check for $500 to help us start the Father's House. Most recently, Lisa was a guest speaker at our women's event here in Orange County, California. And the word that she brought was amazing. But the more important thing that I wanted her to be part of was for her to visualize and see the seed that she sowed three years ago, the $500 that she gave to help us build the church is actually a building with real life people and real life problems, and real life joys, and real life healings, and real life miracles. I wanted her to see that she sowed seed in really good soil. And I believe that she's going to do the same on the podcast today. I'm excited for you to hear from Lisa, learn from Lisa, and yes, fall in love with Lisa, because to know her is to love her. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. So Lisa Bevere, I mean, this is the thing that I love about you. You get like this Sicilian woman and this Puerto Rican, Mexican, and then the words just start flying. Um, but I'm going to be, this is why and I married- hands. And the hands. And the hands, yes. But this is why I married a German man, because you have a date tonight with John Bevere and some family members, and so we're going to get you yes. out on time. But 
I, I just want to say thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for your time. I'm so excited oh, about absolutely. who you are. And here's the thing. We, we were talking about this as right before the show started. I do have notes. Like, I prepared. But, and also, shout out to intern Hannah, who helped craft the interview. But I just feel like this is where I want to start. It's very rare to have somebody who has gone through a number of seasons and decades as a young mom, a mom of boys, a mom of teens, itinerant minister, a global ambassador for Jesus, fundraiser, New York Times bestselling author. But the thing that I love about you the most, Lisa, is, I mean, besides the fact that you are like the hottest grandma I know, um, you and April so Carter random. are tied for hottest grandma. <laughs> but but, I, but what I will say, and this is what I've noticed even just like from social media, is I love that you're going to speak the truth no matter the cost. And the things that I've been saying on social media right now, you just there's a message burning inside of you. And mm-hmm. it usually comes out in the forms of podcasts and books. But like, I want to know, before I start talking about some of the things that you are fiercely passionate about, like fiercely loved, I want to know like your ears to the ground. What are the rumblings? What are you sensing that the Spirit of God is speaking to you about? And then also for His people. Well, well, first and foremost, it's it's kind of like I feel that I'm not necessarily saying anything differently than how uh, or what I've said, but maybe how I've said it differently. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I am the grandmother of six now. And as a grandmother, you really start to think uh, generationally. You really start Mm -hmm. to think, okay, if this pattern continues, if I don't face off with this fear, if I don't speak truth in the face of this lie, if I allow in my day for certain things just to continue to live on because it was easier than confronting him in my own life or con- just putting it out there. So somebody's like, oh, really? So somebody else is thinking this is crazy too? Then my grandkids are going to have to fight the battles that I neglected to fight. And, and I, I did watch a documentary recently and they asked a guy a question and, and, and he said, well, why would, why would you get involved with this? And he was like, I don't care. I'm old. And I don't think of myself as old, but I will say I'm old enough to see what has been is already been before. Like what's going on right now? This kind of nonsense. I mean, like we go in cycles and we want to be truth tellers, but we want to be truth livers. And so if we can live the truth in love, then people can, they can hear us when we speak the truth in love. And you and I both know, because I think we've had offline conversations that the, the church has not always done truth well. We have preached the truth without love and the truth without love is harsh. So our culture has responded by preaching love without truth, but love without truth is a lie. And so the only thing that stops the lie is the truth. And so we need to just say, hey, we haven't done this well, but just because we haven't done it well doesn't mean it's not the truth. And, you know, I was even thinking this morning, I thought deconstruction without a heart for reconstruction is just destruction. And so what we have is a lot of people that are really good at tearing things apart who have never put anything together. And I think there's a reason why the older you are, the quicker you are to give mercy because you've experienced it yourself. You're like, I I remember that. I remember thinking, you know, we're throwing stones. This person's guilty. And then you realize "Uh, I need mercy. So I'm going to sow mercy. 
But I do, I think that we are, as a body of Christ, and I would say as women, that we are on a very crucial threshold. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I'm seeing. Like in, in so many ways, I feel like we know in part, we prophesy in part for sure. But in one side, we've got the culture sexualizing women. And on the other side, we have the church silencing women. And we need to understand there's a reason for both sides undermining women. And it's because women are a threat. And I think right now the enemy is working overtime to undermine what that looks like. And so he's got the women trying to act like men, the men trying to act like women and acting like if we can meet in the middle, there'll be some kind of healing. But the truth is, I don't think that women who act like men are powerful any more than I think men that act like women are powerful. We need to find out what the power of a woman is, the things that she is anointed to speak to, the things that she is anointed to do, what is in her hand, and stop thinking we need to grab things out of the men's hand. And I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm like, God, what is it that I can steward uniquely and prophetically as a woman, as a mother, as a grandmother? And that's kind of where I am right now. So one of the things I love about you, whether I sit into your teachings or I read your books, is you have a unique ability of bringing truth about who God is in a way that helps us to see who we are. And so the conversation that I kind of want to open up and discuss is centered around uh, this concept of knowing who God is. And you have also a recently new 90-day devotional entitled Fiercely Loved. <laughs> We're going to link it in the show notes because I, but the reason why I think this devotional works and no, you're yeah. not paying me for a plug. I'm plugging it because I believe in it. It's actually on my desk right now. Um, but oh. I, I like it because I feel like um, it's like tidbits of information where we're reminded of our identity, but it's not just, Hey girl, you're doing a good job. No, it's beyond that. It's like, because we yeah. are fiercely and wonderfully made because God loves us because there's a plan and a purpose right. for, for our life. Therefore, live out your life. So I want to start, I want to start with you, you travel the globe. You are a New York Times bestselling author and podcaster, and you have your grandma of six. We kind of tapped on a little bit, but what does modern Christianity look like in like inspirational memes online and podcasts everywhere and YouTube sermons? What are you seeing for modern Christianity? And do you have thoughts on how we are spending time with Christ uh, as a church, capital C church, and as individuals? Yeah. So we live in the day of some of the most well-connected, well-spoken ministers that there ever has been. I, I feel like we have such gifted communicators, but I don't know that we're replicating Christ. I don't know. It's like we're replicating each other. We're not replicating Jesus. So somewhere along the line, I don't know whether what needs to happen, but we got so good at kind of preaching a derivative of the gospel that we are really not reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have fans, we have people that appreciate us, and you, we're, we're kind of going, whether we realized it or not, to this whole world of self. You know, you can, mm. you can live your own dream, you can be your own whatever. And, and the truth is, I do believe that God actually weaves each and every one of us in wonder to do something, but the something that he weaves us for isn't for our own glory, it's to bring glory to his name. It's to go into all the world and make disciples, not just converts. And I do think that there's a big performance pressure because 
people haven't had a connection with the love of the father. So, you know, Bianca, I, I got saved back when it was really, there was a lot of weird. I mean, there was like in the eighties, there was a lot of stuff happening in the Christian world. I don't know if you were like a baby running around in the church, but like, if you wanted to take a lap, that was an option. If you wanted to fall down, that was an option. If you wanted to shake, if you wanted to laugh, that started in the nineties, there was a lot of stuff going on. And I remember the prayers went something like, God, I want you to use me. I want you to use me to do this. I want you to use me to do this. And I'm, I'm like a brand new baby Christian. I came out of a heathen world, get born again in 1981. I'm thinking that's how you pray. If you really want to be holy, you ask God to use you. <laughs> and so I'm, God, I want you to use me. And I think he let me do it for about six months. And then Bianca, he posed the question, Lisa, have you ever been used by a boyfriend? And I thought, wait, wait, you're supposed to have forgotten that. Like, wait, that's a sea of forgetfulness thing. What, what do you mean? He said, how about, have you ever been used by a friend? I thought, yes. He's like, how did you feel? I felt betrayed. I felt shamed. I felt foolish. And he said, I don't use people. I anoint them. I heal them. I transform them into my image. He said, but the enemy uses people. And he's not used things in your life, but he said, who you are to me is more important than what you can do for me. And I think we have somehow have erected idols of I'm doing this for the Lord. And he's like, hey, how about this? How about you and I having an intimate, personal relationship? And even with all of, you know, kind of God shaking everything and things coming out here and there, and some things are truth and some things are going to be lies, you know, some things are going to be slanders and some things are going to be things that maybe were hidden uh, that needed to come out. And, and we need to understand, even if God is revealing something in somebody's life, he's not doing it to shame them. He's actually doing it to draw them back to a relationship with him. And yet we're so quick to restore people back to the idol of ministry instead of the heart of God. Yeah. And so I get a little nervous. I'm like, what about restoring them to their wife or their kids or to Jesus? How about we do that? And then if there is an opportunity in the other area, we act like putting someone on a platform means they have arrived. And you and I both know that God doesn't measure me or you by who we are in public. He looks at who we are in private. And God never calls me New York Times bestselling author. He never calls me wife of John Bevere. He calls me daughter. And he calls me according to a relationship that is my identity, never according to a role that I play but an identity that is incorruptible, undeniable, and I will always be his daughter. I'm 60, how old am I now? 62. I'm, I had to think for a moment. <laughs> I, I start aging myself. I'm 62. I'm 62 and I'm still a daughter. And, you know, that's just the way he looks at us. And so if we don't have this daughter-father relationship or son-father relationship, we go rogue in a lot of other areas of our lives.
Friends, I'm interrupting this podcast because if you know me, I love a good smelling house. Not only do I love a good smelling house, I love when things also help the environment. They're on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up beautiful, high-quality fragrance. The candle industry has major problems. Almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year, and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years. Yes, you heard me right. 1 million. Nose has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again so you don't have to become part of the problem. It's so easy to use, friends. The candles are made with fragrance wax beads. All you have to do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then all you have to do is do the exact same thing over again. Yes, I've been loving burning the Santal and Atlas cedar scents. They're some of my favorites. It's calming and woodsy and luxurious. I'm obsessed. I love it. There's a bunch of other fragrances, and I'm sure that you will find one that fits your fancy. You can build your custom starter kit right now. Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy Notes starter kit using the code GOINGTHERE. Yep, just use the code going there when placing your order. That's going there at notescandle.com backslash going there. Okay, so as a daughter who is fiercely yeah. loved, how do we not fall into the trap of like doing doing things for Christ? So you prayed the prayer, use me, God, use me, God, and you realize that that's not the, that's not the type of relationship that God wants to have. I love that. So how do you reconcile doing things for God, being anointed by God, being appointed by God to do great things while not forsaking just being satisfied and content and living with the title, yeah, just title reading your devotional every yeah. morning. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so if if we have that relationship with God, we don't do things for Him; we do things with Him. And mm. and so I think when you have a settledness of who He is and who you are, He invites you into doing things with Him. And I think sometimes we're like thanks, I got that now. I'm going to do it for me or I'm going to do it for you. And something gets a little messed up there. And and when we, as a people, and I think all of us need to be praying this kind of prayer, you know, search me and know me. If there's anything displeasing in my life, God, I, I want you to, I want you to put your finger on it because I don't want anything coming between you and me. Talking about our heavenly father. Not, I don't want anything coming out on social media, but I don't want anything coming out between you and me. So if there is a breach there, you know, and that's, I think, David's revelation. He said, against you and against you only mm, have sinned. I yep. sinned. And I was kind of like, uh, well, I wonder, I wonder, you know, I wonder if the guy you put on the front lines feels it was just only. But David had such a intimate relationship with God that he knew that he ultimately had undermined such a beautiful trust relationship. And and I I just think that we need to peer into those lives where David was like, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. And and he, he really understood what that looked like rather than dealing in the mansions of wickedness. I mean, he really had this, Thing. And and I think we all have to ask ourselves that, you know, I, I did a podcast yesterday with Elise Fitzpatrick and she's just brilliant theologian. Like I, I think things, but she knows things. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I feel the Holy Spirit. And she's like, well, let me just say what the scripture says. And so um, in, in the original Greek and Hebrew and, and Aramaic, I'm like, okay, I'm reading it in the ESV. Um, but anyway, 
she was just saying, if, if the question becomes who gets to be the boss, who gets to be in charge, we're asking the wrong question. We always need to say, as women, how can I serve? How can, as men, how can I serve? If we're saying I want to be the boss of the world, we totally forgot that it is by serving that we point people to Jesus. So it, it's kind of feel like we've, we've, we've got some heart checks to do. And with the heart checks, then it works its way out. And, and actually understanding you're fiercely loved by somebody means that you'll let them go into those sensitive places in your life. My husband loves me. We have been married 40 years this year. And Congratulations, I know, Lisa. <laughs> thank you. I, I know that John is committed to bringing out the best in me. Mm. And I am committed to bringing out the best in him. That is not how we started. We started with, I'm going to best you. I'm going to, you're going down we, a wrestling match. But then there comes this shift when you begin to understand that you're committed and you're in a covenant relationship that you understand that that person is committed to bringing out your best. And that is what Jesus does with the church. It says he washes her with the water of the word. And I love how the message paraphrase says he evokes her beauty. He draws the best out. And so if I will get into the presence of God, God's going to make me the best version of me. If I'm going to be in the presence of people, I'm going to reflect what I think they want to see in me instead mm. of who I really am. Okay. So I heard you say, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm a note taker, yes. but I'm a daughter, not a doer. At the same time, we mm -hmm. ask the question, how could I serve? And yes. being fiercely loved allows people to go to those intimate places. And especially if we're fiercely loved by God, we're allowing him to take a look at what is internal. So for somebody out there who might be feeling like, well, okay, that sounds great, Lisa. Thanks. You, you wrote a devotional about being fiercely loved, but, but can you break down the actual who of who is loving us? So talk to me about, I know Elise Fitzpatrick can speak Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. She's going to break it down. But like, I also believe that you and your years of serving the Lord and studying scripture can provide insight on the nature of God. So when you say you're fiercely loved, for the skeptic out there, it's kind of like, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Who are we fiercely loved by? Can you talk about the nature yeah. of God? So... I love that you're bringing this up because I think a lot of people feel like God's the grumpy one. And he, you know, and he was like, okay, I'm so mad. I'm going to send my son down there and he's going to find out what's really going on. And then Jesus is like, oh God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he's like, all right, I'll just strike you. And I mean, that that is not the picture. So God has loved us with an everlasting love. That means he loved me, he loved you, he loved whoever is listening to this before they ever turned their face towards him. He loved them with an everlasting love. And it says he drew us with his loving kindness. And so God is not an angry dad in the Old Testament who becomes a nice old man after Jesus talks to him. God has always loved us. And Jesus came to reveal who the Father was or is. 
So if you look at the way Jesus interacted, you are seeing the father because Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. And I only say what I hear my father saying. Mm -hmm. So Jesus walked as an expression of the love of God on this earth. Now, most people, and the reason why I wrote fiercely love rather than just casually loved, or even God loves you Mm -hmm. is Bianca. So many people that's white noise. They've heard, Oh yeah, Jesus loves me. It, it, It doesn't even register. It doesn't even register because they've heard it, but they've never experienced it. Yep. So I know for me, there's been areas of my life where when I deserved love the least is when I felt it from my father the most. Now, that is a different love than even a parent's love. I mean, I'd love to think I was that parent. Not, I'm not so sure. We're gonna we're, we're getting ready to to dive into a family podcast. And Juliana was like, "Can we ask you any question?" I said, "Yes." She said, "Do you want the questions ahead of time?" I said, "Nope. I will own whatever I need to own." We are all flawed parents, but God is not a flawed parent. Mm-hmm. He is a flawless parent, and and He loves us. People feel fiercely judged, and God's like, "No." No, I understand that you needed a savior. So I put my judgment on my son, not to punish my son, but to reconcile you back to me. And I I love the words of David when he talks about the love of God in Psalm 139. He says, how precious are your thoughts towards me, oh God. So this is God. This isn't Jesus. Here, God, this is what you should think. He said, he said, they, if I could number them, they would outnumber the sands of the sea. So we understand it's precious, treasured, good thoughts. And then it's innumerable thoughts, but he doesn't stop there. He says, and when I wake, you are still with me. So that means it's constant. That means that God has set his heart on us. And he is actually loving us into the best versions of us. And sometimes, that hurts, but it's, it's, a, it's a love thing. Like, okay, I don't like to disappoint my husband. And let's say I'm having, you know, maybe I'm hangry. Maybe I'm, I'm doing something. Maybe somebody on social media has been mean to me. And, and I say, John Bevere, do you, this is what I, this is what I just went through. I will, and John will just look at me and say like two things. He'll say, Lisa, that's so not worthy of that emotional energy. Those people are just hurting. Why would you allow that to stir you up? I have a friend that I love so much and she's just brilliant. She never gets rattled. She's, she is Italian. Darn it. I was going to say she's not Italian, but she is. And she just never gets rattled. And anytime someone is cruel, she always responds with prayer and kindness. And that is, is the fierce kind of love of God that when you are cursed, you bless. When you are ridiculed, you don't slap back. We live supernaturally. When we are demanded to take our coat, we give them our shirt. Well, not if we're women. If they tell us to go one mile, we go two miles. We always take the posture of a servant. We are not slaves. And if we understand that we are servants, then 
even though we can't control what people do to us or how they respond to us, we always have a choice to respond with love back. Always. So for someone who's out there, they're hearing this. <laughs> um, and it might feel like a struggle because you're saying these things and you know, the concept of fiercely love, the concept of grace and kindness, all of this feels for somebody that might feel at a deficit or feel like they're not good enough or feel unloved. There is a difference between hearing and receiving. And so for somebody out there, like there is a calloused brick wall around their heart and they choose not to receive this love of God. What is a word of encouragement or a word of insight that would crack open their heart to maybe have just a revelation of how God loves them in such a fierce way? Yeah, well, I actually think, Bianca, the very fact they're listening to this is a message where God is actually saying, I've got a crazy Puerto Rican, Mexican, Rican, what, and a, a half, <laughs> yeah, and a Sicilian. And one keeps bringing home the point that what is that person out there who thinks they're too far gone, that they've done too many things wrong, or they're just too far or too jaded or too disappointed? How can, how can God scale that wall? Well, I guess I would just say that all you have to do is ask. You don't have to go to even a church building. I mean, we, we want you to go to church, but what we want you to have is a connection with your heavenly father. And I just know that every single human deserves judgment, but we don't get what we deserve. We get mercy. And God says, not just do you get mercy once, but he says, my mercy is new every morning. And that person that is scared to actually ask God to forgive them and love them because they can't even imagine that if they pray and nothing happens, the rejection and the despair so they've held it off, I would just challenge them to pull over to the side of the road or get alone tonight and just be quiet. I don't even care if it's when they're laying down and just saying, Father, I want to know your love. I want to know the love of God. I want to experience the love of God. I want to know your presence. I want to know you. I want you to show me who you really are, not who I've heard you've been, but who you really are in my life. And then I would actually challenge them, look at the stars, look at the ocean, look at the mountains. Everything in creation declares the wonder and the beauty and the strength and the love and the intentionality of a creator who was thinking about them when he made everything that they could see. God is as intimate as our next breath. And all it takes is just to cry out. You know, Bianca, I was that person in my sorority house. I remember um, I was in the chapter room and this young girl comes in and she looks around all the chapter room and then she's like, oh, Toscano, I, I need to talk to you. And I thought, and she looked at everybody. Then she pulled me out and she's like, I'm doing a survey and I, I need you to answer the survey. And I said, oh, okay. So I did the survey with her and I said, why, why did you pick me? And she was like, oh, I had to think of the person that is the farthest from God. And I needed like ends of the spectrum, so I chose you. And I was like, I go to mass before Easter. I go to confession before airplane flights. I mean, Bianca, zero relationship. On 
my own, making a mess out of my life. And I just remember crying out and saying, God, if you're really real, I don't know how to find you. And that was the prayer. And then some dorky little tennis player comes up to me at breakfast, (laughs) invites me to a Bible study picnic. I hear about the love of God. He ends up being not quite so dorky as I thought he was. And we get married and uh, have built a life together that is just more than I ever thought I could ever have. I know that you have a, a beautiful, deep spiritual history, but I come from a long line of heathens. So uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Lisa, you write so beautifully. And when people get to sit and listen and learn from you, um, you, your love oozes out of you. And what what we get to discover is that it's not just your love. It's the love of Christ that emanates from you and oozes out of you. Lisa, thank you for taking, uh, if I can go as far as saying this revelation, because you spend time with the Lord and he reveals things to you. So I'm going to call it revelation. Thank you for taking this revelation and writing it pen to paper, typing it, black letters on white pages so that we can have a greater understanding, not just of how much uh, we are loved, but who we are loved by. I appreciate you, appreciate the work that you and John do together and the work of the family. Um, I'm gonna link in the show notes where they can get all of your books on your Amazon page, as well as links to the podcast. So Lisa, I appreciate you. Thank you for loving people so well. Oh, Bianca, you're amazing. And we've got way too many people that need to hear about the love of God. So I'm thrilled that we get to share that. I love it. Thank you, Lisa. I've said this before, but to know Lisa is to love Lisa. And I believe that this is rooted in her identity, that she could speak about fiercely loving people because she is fiercely loved by God and that she wants to remind us, God loves us fiercely. Yes, there's moments of uncertainty. Uh, We might need some pillars that we can build our life on, and there's nothing better than the truth of God and how He ultimately loves us. So as a reminder, friends, you are loved, you are welcomed, you are wanted, and you are always His idea. And because of that, He has a plan for you. If you want more information on how to stay in touch with Lisa, you can follow Lisa on all social media channels at Lisa Bevere. Will you do me a favor? Will you tag at Lisa Bevere and let her know how her words, either in her ministry or on this podcast or in her books or in her podcast as ministered to you, let her know what you've learned and how you're applying it to your life. And as always, five lucky winners will receive her brand new 90-day devotional. I'm excited to have her on the podcast and showing her some love would mean the world to me. Hey, don't forget, we have another podcast coming up and I'm very excited about the topic. I'm not gonna give you a sneak peek because I want you to download this on Monday. New podcast come out every single Monday. And if you haven't yet reviewed or rated this podcast, will you do me a favor? Will you give it a glowing review and consider sharing it with some of your friends? Also, if you haven't yet subscribed, I encourage you to do so so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can subscribe at Access More or wherever you download your podcast. Thanks, friends. Catch you next week.